Support for the show comes from Atlassian. With a new story about AI coming out seemingly every day, it can be hard to know what it all means for you and your job. Atlassian thinks there's a lot to be excited about in the AI-powered future. Even right now, Atlassian's AI-powered software can help you boost productivity by eliminating menial tasks, generating insights, and helping you find information about projects, policies, and processes. No matter if you're a team of two or two million, or if you're around the corner or on another continent, Atlassian software keeps everyone connected and moving together as one towards shared goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Scott, you didn't work out this morning. You're complaining before we got on. You know, gun show is not in town today. And it pisses right. daddy. I need the exercise. I need the norepinephrine. I need to feel young. What is your exercise routine for the people who might want to know, not me? I do CrossFit four times a week for the last Whoa. decade, and I've worked out four times a week for the last 40 years. It's not wow. easy being a four on a scale of one to 10. It takes real work. <laughs> do you have like a coach at CrossFit, or do you have a gang of CrossFitters? Oh, my God. I got I got a coach. I got a community. I yeah. got a doctor who's prescribed me testosterone. Oh, no. Nice. I've got okay. an, a diet that's crazy. I am coming down there. Do I have to do this, or can I sleep late in law and eat oh, donuts? Oh, no, it's wonderful. We Fine. do it outside. It's wonderful. You'll like I'm it a lot. I'm CrossFit. There's no way. I once saw a bunch. Well, I do of, old man CrossFit. Which is what? Which is it's what? More like, it's more like cross wimp. It's, okay. um, I saw this bunch of Silicon Valley people in Manhattan Beach do it. And they were like dragging like pipes like uh, full of sand across the, across the beach. I found it ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I used to do it with a bunch of uh, young people, specifically lesbian firefighters and bartenders oh, on HGH. I could m- maybe do that. And I just ahead. could not compete. I just right. could not compete. Uh, so it got too intense for me, so now I do it. So it was feats of strength. You couldn't keep up with the lesbians, the lesbian firefighters. On They're a lot tough. of levels. On a <laughs> lot of levels, Kara. <laughs> tough mo- bunch no, of but mothers. I'm, I'm being very serious here. I, <laughs> I am too. When I wrote my book on happiness, I think really the it's uh, I'm very, very serious. I struggle yeah, with anger and depression. Sure. It's, it's, it's my antidepressant. And well, also, the only thing I've ever found that is anything resembling a youth serum is oh, exercise. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I try to do it, but I, of course, never get to do it because I have so many children. Speaking of children, do you know I adopted my daughter this this week, officially? I don't even know what that means. What, what I, could, gay people are not automatically parents, so uh, continued. Uh, so because of all kinds well, of things. Well, it's but, a perversion, Kara. It's a perversion. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, if Omega when, had wanted two when, women to have a child. All right. When Claire was born in New York, which I wasn't aware of because you were allowed to do this in San Francisco, if you're not married at the time, and we got married soon after, um, uh, you do not get on the birth certificate. And that is not the case in San Francisco. That wasn't the really? case. And so they they literally walked in. They're like, you can't be on the birth. It was such a shock because it was like being slapped back 20 years ago, much like what's going on in Arkansas. Um, and it that was, but weird. now it's fixed, D.C., uh, granted me parentage, parentage, whatever you call it, parental. Do you want me to be, do you want me to be the dad? I worked no, out four times a week. No, we need a dad. We're our own you want family. Me on the, you want a little daddy on the birth certificate? No, no. We have Kara Swisher on the birth certificate. Good if you no. give me any trouble, the lesbian She's firefighters cute. will be there to help She's you cute. understand I'll, uh, this thing. I'll be the, I'll be the no, adopted dad there. No, no, you She's cannot. She's a cutie. She is a cute. She's a sweetheart, too. Anyway, that is what happened to me. Well, so, so I have to I, say that is, is my happiness this that's week. That's total I'm, bullshit that you even have to do that. I didn't even I know. know what you meant. That seems so yes, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But here we are. It was very expensive. It was onerous. And you have to, you know, adopt your own child, which is like, which we, 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 we went insane. in and had the kid with fully intention of having the kid together. I that's know. totally insane. You should have seen the piles of legal documents that you said for my other kids. Uh, and is this, because, it's crazy. is this because of the... Adoption end of it, or because it's two women who are the parents. I, I do. You know what? We're not presumed. Even if you go into it with intent, you have to be now married, and it's just the whole thing is so ridiculous that straight people take for granted every day of their lives. And so it's a really, it's an interesting situation. And what was good though, it was you know you see heartening things like the Department of Defense rolling back the trans. uh, rules that uh, bans that uh, Trump put in place, and the, the, all the DOD people were tweeting it out, which was great. And they did all kinds of studies. Which, of course, twenty plus countries have have trans people serving in their military without any problem. And uh, we're back to uh, them now, which is amazing. It's just it continues in the Arkansas thing. It just continues. My son was shocked by that. Uh, he was like, what? You can't get treatment in Arkansas if they don't want to. I was sort of like, yes. Like, what do you want me to say? Anyway, this is not meant to be a big giant gay rights round, the, but I'm the, very happy about adoption. There, there is a, a, I think the the thing that's been most, I would say, upsetting about the last, call it five years since Trump was elected, was not even the policies of Trump, but that, and I use, use the analogy that the comedian Michelle Wolf that we'd heard mom was an alcoholic in college, but mm-hmm. you know now mom is mom and she's great. And then we're at church on Sunday and her purse bursts open and, a, and 40 mini bottles of Jack come flying yeah. out. And we go, oh my God, we're still, mom's still an alcoholic. I, I think the American public has had this sort of cold comfort that if racist, homophobic people are exposed yeah. to people with different demographics, to people with no. different sexual orientation, that over time, everyone generally Some. gets better. Some. I, and I think we sort of, that was very comforting, that that, that we have a really ugly past, but every day it got, gets better. And then it feels like the last five years, it's, this still group there. of people who did not want to get better yeah. kind of came out of the closet and we took a big giant step backwards. So and it's speak. really discouraging. It felt like the first time, I think kind of the first time America like took a giant step backwards, so to speak. It was just weird. Weird yeah. re- they, realizing. They're right. they're, they're, I've always said they're sitting around the edges waiting for a minute. They're in yeah, the I think a lot of, the, of us didn't realize the they were there. Oh, I do. I'm always aware of that. Especially, you know, in my case, it's anti-gay stuff, but I am uh, constantly aware of it. Um, and it's just, it's it's insidious. And, it, and now I have to think about states I don't want to go to. I didn't used to think about it. I did and then didn't. And then it's crazy. Um, speaking of the Army, uh, uh, they uh, the Microsoft won an Army contract to build a custom augmented— that? 
reality headset. Twenty one billion. Microsoft now has two. He they had the one uh, that they won from Amazon. The Trump kind of pushed away from Amazon. Um, the device does things like overlay a map and compass and thermal imaging to show people in the dark. Um, it also shows the aim for a weapon. It's sort of playing yeah. video games, and this is stuff that's been in the movies, which is interesting, but now is here. A significant source of revenue for futuristic projects. Amazon and Microsoft competed for contracts, provide cloud services for the military. Microsoft won that, and it's, I think it's still in court. Uh, Microsoft employees complained. We didn't sign up to develop weapons, of course. The Army argues that the technology helps the military be more accurate and prevents killing of civilians. Um, anyway, it's, you know, Microsoft is staying in the defense business. It's a big business, as you said. There's lots of areas like healthcare, but defense yeah. certainly is an area that tech has not been as dominant in. And, of course, Elon got a, um, a space contract over yeah. the big space people of the aerospace industry. So it's, Boeing, just, it's yeah. just more of this, more of this. What do you think? What do you think of this? Well, I mean, this was staggering. Yeah. Uh, this is potentially- We talked about a, Microsoft killing it. So, well, that's not the way you should put it. Uh, well, this, well, it's interesting. So on a number of levels. So VR, everyone's like, okay, VR is the ultimate application for gaming or right. for porn or for, for real estate or uh, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, no, it's not. If, if you look at revenues, the killer app for AR is warfare. Yeah. And the fact that our military is committing up to, I mean, you realize that this contract is almost as big as the revenues of Tesla. This contract, just the AR contract for Microsoft is now a bigger business in isolation than Pinterest, Snap, and Twitter combined. Mm-hmm. $21 billion is real cabbage. Yep, it really is. And it's, I wonder if it's one of those things where a massive investment by the government and the military, similar to DARPA or something, finally takes VR, AR kind of to a tipping point and it starts to leak down or melt into the consumer economy. I've yeah, always been very bearish on VR. I've read various and sundry where they're they're playing video games when they're doing drone stuff. And yeah. um, it's already moved in this direction. And I think more so in the future, there's going to be this sort of, not just, uh, there's cyber warfare and then there's warfare using these augmented reality things. And it makes sense if we have this in real life that they're going to, you know, they're going to put this into the military. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, which employees don't want to do this. I think every tech, you know, Google got a real pushback from its employees working for the Defense Department, obviously Amazon with ICE um, and stuff like that. But these companies, this is a huge opportunity for all these companies. Well, not to, only that, to, but they just went in response to employees complaining they didn't go to work for, mm-hmm. you know, a company to sell into the military. They just basically sent out a memo that says, dear employees, grow the fuck up. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. the, US, yep. the, 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 the protections and the liberties we enjoy are directly correlated to the sacrifices and resources we provide our young men, even if you don't yep. agree with bad wars or whatever. The notion that any company of this size isn't ultimately going to somehow directly or indirectly mm-hmm. uh, work with the government and with our defense, it's, I don't know, grow up. It sucks to be a grown-up. sucks yeah, for you. True, but I Go think, work gonna, I think Google is not going to be able— Go to work able... for Ben and Jerry's or Birkenstock. <laughs> okay, but I think Google is not going to do that pushback. I think no. they got enormous pushback around a lot of stuff. Um, you know, it's, it, it, they're gonna have, it's a management thing. They're going to have to figure out a way to manage it or move employees who don't mind over to it. Um, they can't, they're not going to be able, these, these employees have power, you know, it's not un, unlike vocal minority, Amazon warehouse workers. Vocal at this minority. Okay. That may I be, but yeah. they should provide for you don't have to work on it if you don't want to. Yeah. They should. 
They're not going to make people do it. There's no way Silicon Valley is going to do that. I agree. Um, Anyway, also an an area, you uh, totally shifting to a different area, Compass yesterday uh, uh, before its IPO cut the valuation in half. Mm. Um, It announced it it wants to go public at a valuation of $7 billion instead of the original $10 billion. That's not quite half. So talk about this. This is something you wanted to talk about today. But I I use Compass to buy my houses, which is interesting. But I use, you know, regular real estate agent, not, you know, in their technological way. But explain for the people why this. What, what this indicates. This is muy interesante because it's sort of, I call these companies rich little companies. Remember Rich Little? He used to impersonate people. He was a great, he used yes, to go I on Johnny Carson. Little. I thought he was great. This is, SoftBank is sort of famous for pretending that a company is a tech company. And yeah. remember, we as a tech we company, work, you know, right? work work as a service. Mm-hmm. And essentially Compass is trying to position itself as a tech company. They are. And it's not. It's, yeah, it's I, got, I use a living, breathing person, but go ahead. Well, you could argue that it's tech-enabled, but essentially yeah. 78% of the revenues are commissions paid out to humans called brokers. Right. And right. they've adopted a capital as a strategy strategy, and that is they're spending <laughs> more money than their peer group, which, by the way, can work. When Amazon spent more money, uh, had access to cheap capital, and then leveraged that incredible storytelling of Jeff Bezos to get cheap capital that they then made these massive investments as long as mm-hmm. their investors would tolerate losses, which was longer than any other company in history. But when you invest tens of billions of dollars in warehouses, the warehouses won't pick up and leave and go across the street the moment someone else offers yes. them a higher wage, which is what brokers will. Brokers are they some of the most- talent co- business. Well, and they're some of the most coin-operated people in the world. They're they basically are. just send me, and, and what, what essentially, essentially Compass has done is said to these individuals, we'll give you all of your commissions, not half, to come over here. And they made some acquisitions, but it's basically a roll-up strategy of traditional brokerages Mm-hmm. Based on capital as a strategy, strategy. There's some tech. There's some tech, but here's talk the thing. about their tech. The thing they try to sell. Like I know that that that's their big push. And I was always like, aren't you just a real estate broker? Well, like, it, I, I don't know. It feels like a broker holding an iPad, as, as far yeah. as I can tell. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this: a colleague of mine, Foster Provost at NYU Stern, yeah. is this incredibly bright data guy. Yeah. He's worked for the biggest telcos in the world, and he works full time or almost full time. At Compass. So there's clearly something there around analytics. But here's the problem. It's about yeah. valuation. And then that is, if you look at Realogy, they do about $6 billion in revenues, and their market cap is $1.5 billion. So they trade at about 0.25 uh-huh. uh, times revenues. And then there's Redfin, which does about, uh, excuse me, and then there's Zillow. Mm-hmm. which does about $3 billion in revenues and has a $30 billion market. They trade it 10 times because that's yeah. generally an online real estate media company. And also mm-hmm. they're in iBuying now. And it's run yep. by an incredibly impressive CEO. And then CEO. selling all kinds of things off to the side. That's right. And so, and, and so the valuation leads. here is somewhere between 0.25 if you're a traditional uh, revenues or traditional real estate company and 10 mm-hmm. times if you're a tech company. So yeah. the S1 is trying to say, for God's sakes, we're rich little, we're tech, we're tech, we're tech. And the reality is, I don't think the market buys it. And they're trying to go out, even with this reduced valuation, they're trying yeah. to go out at two to three times revenues as opposed yeah. to 0.25, which is where traditional brokers go. So I think this is, it's interesting. Goldman is running the book and Goldman is very good at creating demand. Uh, so I'm, I'm remiss to make a prediction that the stock won't yeah. won't do well. But, but you I, think retail investors think this is like... Than second coming of real and estate. Not only that, this smells a lot like another real estate company that had entered into consensual hallucination with the marketplace around we its work. valuation. And that's another SoftBank backed company in real estate, WeWork. Now that's yeah. ch- which totally is coming flipped. back in a better way. Yep. 
Yeah. So, and this kind of goes, this will go to my prediction, but it feels, this feels eerily reminiscent, a company pretending to be a tech company such that they can get a much higher valuation than is warranted. And the market, the market has learned here. The market is regurgitating. It's supposed to go public this morning. It'll price. Goldman is the best in the world at creating institutional demand and filling the book to make sure that the IPO is successful, but they've cut the price several times. Whereas if you look at Airbnb and these other guys, they kept raising the price range. Yeah. So this people know what a duck is. Duck is a duck. There you it's go. A it's a duck with an iPad. All right. So we're going to move on to our big story. <laughs> like that. That's good. <laughs> we're going to move on to our big story. This week, Biden detailed his $2 trillion infrastructure plan. How many zeros is that? That's bigger than the entire federal government budget. He calls it a once-in-a-generation investment, the largest since World War II, since we built the highway system and since the space race. It will require 15 years of higher taxes on corporations, raising the rates from 21% to 28%. He's giving $50 billion to boost his the domestic chip industry, a big boost to electric cars. He promised faster internet and better transit, electric charging station. It imagines a different energy future. Second part of the plan invests in human infrastructure, aid to the poor, paid leave, help with child care. The plan also includes Right to Organize Act to counter uh, right to work laws. There's also train stuff with Amtrak wants, which they put out a fantastic map that essentially says, screw you, Christine Nome. Um, it, it totally avoids her state. Um, uh, this is long overdue. And I, I, let me just say, um, uh, I did an interview with Mariana Matsukato, who talked about this idea of government doing these important moonshots in areas like climate change or infrastructure. Uh, but can it ever pass? This is big. This is. I think this is wonderful. I think it's just yeah, wonderful. Me too. We are the apex species. The business model of our species responsible for our success is capitalism. And the ballast and the success of capitalism is a robust middle class. And slowly but surely... Kara, slowly but surely, surely, we have increased Social Security taxes and payroll taxes and individual income taxes, and we have reduced we have reduced corporate income taxes to the point where only one in twelve dollars versus mm-hmm. one in two dollars of in- of receipts from the government come from corporate taxes versus individual income taxes. So essentially, what yeah. we've said is, corporations, you pay. You pay less and individuals, mm-hmm. you pay more. And we continue the one of the most dangerous trends in our society where we've decided we don't like people, but we love corporations. And what mm-hmm. happens? What happens? I'm on – I was – when the tax cuts, the Trump tax cuts went through from 38 to 21 percent uh, in 2017, I was on a board of a media company and a board of a retailer, both multibillion-dollar yeah. companies. And all of a sudden in the board meeting, we're like, oh, my gosh, uh, what's the earnings and the cash flow surprise? All of a sudden, it's like huge. It's like, well, it's the uh, uh, advantageous tax cuts. And what did we do with that money? Did we hire more people? Give it did to we rich invest people. In factories? No, we used it for share buybacks or cash yeah. on our balance sheet, which does what? It juices the stock price. Mm-hmm. And by the way, who owns ninety percent of stocks by dollar volume? The top one yeah. percent. So all we have done, all we have done with increasing the tax liabilities of individuals as a percentage of our government. And by the way, as a percentage of total tax receipts, individual taxes have not gone up. We've just funded it with taxes on your daughter for when she's when she's old enough to be a taxpayer. We've racked up massive oh, debt. Mean to my we, daughter. We have just transferred slowly but surely wealth, which is nothing what Money is just a transfer of time and work. So we have said we want the top 1% or shareholders to work less and spend more time with their families such that the middle class and future generations can spend less time with their families. It is criminal what's gone on here. 
This this is like a, it's not, you know, people, the Republicans are trying to put it off as a goodie bag, but this is the kind of big thinking, the big LBJ, Great Society, the FDR. This is the, I, I kind of like it. He didn't go, he went for broke. Now, the, interestingly, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez was on the things they needed even more, but this was as much as they said it was going to be, which it never is, right? That's It'll one get clipped thing. back. He's starting He'll he's get starting clipped big. back, but he didn't back down first. Like yeah. that was, that people were, I think, surprised by the breadth of this, like go for, go for it. And what was really interesting was how it's going to be paid. I think there's nobody against taxing corporations, even though they lobbyists, but I think it's a great populist thing for him. Um, it put money in lots of really interesting places. It, it has an innovative element, um, but, you know, $50 yeah, like billion dollars to boost domestic chip industry, right. cars, better trains, better, you know, human, this human infrastructure, the idea of, of uh, paid leave and help with childcare. Mm-hmm. We should have full childcare. That's an install. That's to be something we should do, but you know, whatever we hate children and women in this country in a lot of ways. Um, but the, the, it, it's it, this, I, this, this is very breathful. You know, it'd be interesting to how you pass it, though. How do you get this passed? And the argument's about too much debt. Um, obviously, there's a big climate plan in here, too. Um, so there's all kinds of things to like for different people. And it's also a lot of things that people who are worried about debt and other things do not like. Yeah, it's so again, infrastructure. What is infrastructure? Infrastructure is an investment in the middle class because when the J train is only running every two hours instead of every 15 minutes from Brooklyn into yep. the city, who gets hurt? Yeah. The the assistant or the secretary uh, and not the, the executive gets to take an Uber or kind of figures it out or has a driver. So infrastructure is an investment in the middle class. It's also an investment in brand building. I, I you know, I remember the first time I I went to China, I flew into the new Hong Kong airport, and then I went to the Shanghai airport. And I'm like, Jesus, these people take themselves very seriously. Yeah, Singapore airport. And then I fly into JFK and I think, Jesus Christ, are are there chickens and goats running around here? It felt like, (laughs) you think, okay, what happened? Oh my God, you're right. What happened to us? And the the infrastructure is- Same thing with train stations. Like they're making a big deal of this new New York one. I'm like, Penn Station's been a pit my entire life. And now they have a train station. They're like going, yay, that sort of reaches basic levels with Europe. Basic, like not even as nice as Europe one still. Penn Station really is supposedly one of the great architectural crimes of hit in history. Supposedly it was beautiful. And Penn then they station, tore it down to make this just disgusting architectural. It's not even actual, charming in its grossness. Yeah. Like some things that are like old and broken down are charming. Are you talking Penn about St- me again? Are you yes. talking about me again? Do you know I do CrossFit? Penn Station I do CrossFit. is the worst place on earth. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm not dead having been in there 900 times. Like, I, anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not right. a big Penn Go Station fan. I'm, I had a little side train rant there. Yeah, no, we love Airports. anyone who's been to Europe loves trains, even though they make no economic sense whatsoever. But look, infrastructure is an investment in the country and it's an investment in the middle class because the people who really need roads and public transportation are the middle Internet class. Access. And oh, oh my yeah. gosh, broadband. He's, I think, a bridge too far here is they're now claiming that social programs that feel very UBI like are infrastructure investments. Yeah. But I, I love this and, and mm-hmm. the, the swing back to protecting and loving Americans as opposed to American corporations is long overdue. The problem they're going to face, the problem they're going to face is yeah. they're going to have to figure out either multinational tax treaties or some sort of crazy punishment for companies that decide to do an inversion. And 
that is overnight, they said, well, we have an Amsterdam office. We'll just make our headquarters in Amsterdam because they have lower tax rates. Yeah. Uh, because now if you add up all the taxes with this increase to 28, the average tax rate on corporations will be 33%, making it the highest of any OECD country. Even though it'll only make up probably 10 or 11% of our total tax receipts, it'll still be an issue they have to face. What happens when these companies um, decide to do these inversions? That's still a big issue. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if they do that. You know, that, that there's always that. We're going to go somewhere else. We'll go. Go ahead. Well, the problem is some have. I, I don't yeah, know. some have. But, I mean, in, in inversion, is nothing different. They just file paperwork yep. and say our, our headquarters are now in the Isle of yeah, Man. Yeah, it just is not a good look for companies. I don't know. They well, don't it's care. an interesting question. They don't it's an care. interesting question. You know, we'll see if these, these is, it, pushing corporations to do things is really interesting. What, del- what happened with Delta and uh, and Coca-Cola suddenly in Georgia post the, these these uh, voter uh, laws passing to say, oh, we really think we hate them after not seeming to do anything before. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Well, Tim but Cook came out against it. Uh, he did too. Yeah. They all did. Yeah, they're all doing it. Like, but it's post. They should have poured some money in there during the making of it, but there was nothing to do. Now, what's really interesting is instead of just dealing with it, the Georgia Senate is trying to clap back at Delta. Good luck, my friends. You're, <laughs> the Republican Party really doesn't want corporate money, I guess. That's really what's going on here. They just don't want, they want to be the party of, they want to give the corporations over to the Democrats in terms of donations and everything else. It's really quite odd uh, what's happening there. We'll see what goes on. All right, Scott, this is really, we like this plan. Scott and Carol love this plan, Infrastructure. correct? Infrastructure. I can't believe you don't like trains. You like trains, no, don't no, you? No, no, I, I love train travel. They're just, it's just incredibly expensive. I mean, it's yeah, awesome. It is. Really, economically, the only- f- I, Yeah, I'm going to get on, as soon as I get my next vaccine, I'm going to get on an Amtrak. The only, <laughs> the only feasible, the only feasible high-speed rail really is up the Northeastern Corridor and maybe like LA to Vegas. But- and it's still gross. It's still gross. Do you know how much it costs to go from New York to DC right now on the Amtrak? $343. $19. I was close. I was close. <laughs> $19. That's why they it's come incredible. to the dog. It's usually, you know, at the, mo- at the least it's 69 or 70 when you get it way in advance and, you know, you sit in the shitty section, although they're all shitty sections. Um, Amtrak. Uh, Amtrak is 19. literally like the brand has gotten so bad and tired. It's almost sort of cute. It's so pretty. It's so, so it's cute. not nice. They're not nice trains. Anyway, I'm sorry, Amtrak, but I ride it. I used to ride yeah. it a lot before the pandemic and I will continue to ride it. But boy, you got it. I met my hero on Amtrak. Who? Marguerite Vestier. Oh, she did was you? knitting. That she was knitting. Nice. And I went up to her and said, can I have a selfie? She was I very friendly. I just did that with her. She's looking good. Yeah. Let me just say, I, I did a yeah. Zoom thing with her recently. She's looking good. She wasn't knitting during the event. Yeah. Did you? What did you say to her? I went up and I said, probably- I'm a huge fan. And she looked up at me and I thought some like Nordic CIA agent was going to tackle me. And she like <laughs> had this huge smile and she stood up and I took a selfie with her. I never do that. Yeah. But I, she's I think something. she's a gangster. I, I think she's Look, fantastic. I'll bring her on the show. I'll yeah, here we, the show. here we go. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm going to buy you what, that rabbit coat. Do we have to go back to my do? old jokes? What if you would you do if I told you I have Anderson Cooper to come on Sway? I'd feel jealous because I'm the one that's supposed to reach out to I'm him. Sorry and I'm to building tell you. up to that. I'm building up I'm to sorry it. Sorry to tell you. He's coming on fucking Sway. Don't even say that. Don't even go there. Seriously. Don't even go there. If he shows April up. Fools! Ah, <laughs> Actually, I have Don Lemon coming on with this book. Don Lemon. Yeah, I'm not going to ask. I wasn't, I'm not going to, Anderson is a bridge too far, though I certainly would love to have him on Sway, but I won't do it. 
I got you, didn't I? I got you. You thought for a minute because you thought I could get him, right? Correct? Yeah, Did no. I get you? That, that you just you, you you know better than to go there. I that know, but be, it was a good April Fool's, wasn't it? That was, I didn't. That's right. It's April you Fool's. You did. You could see your face. You, nobody no. can see his face, but he was like, "Has she betrayed me? The final betrayal? Who else would be a betrayal? Who? Anderson Cooper? Um, Who? I don't know. We've Almost had anyone. we've had Fareed Zakaria. If we if yeah. you got Angela Merkel, she's another hero of mine. That would be very upsetting. Well, that might happen. That I'm not going to give you, Angela, but I will give you Ando. Ando is yours yeah. and forever I'm, and always. You know what? I'm emailing him today or texting him <laughs> because we have each other's phone number. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we use emojis. We use, that was I'm good. so excited. That was good. Scott, Sign. let's go on a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Facebook's latest defense and Trump's failed hack. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from Atlassian. One of our customers who produces pizza at a very large scale all across the world. Believe it or not, they use AI to review the quality of the pizzas that are created. That goes through a workflow that scans the images of the pizzas and makes sure they visually look like what they should. So it's pretty cool. That's Sharif Mansour, Atlassian's head of AI. Sharif thinks there's a lot for companies to be excited about on the AI-generated horizon, spanning everything from making pizza to producing podcasts like the one you're listening to now. There'll be far more jobs created on the other side of this revolution. Instead of a world of less, Sharif envisions an AI-powered world of more. In everyone's day job, they're moving from doing the thing to often being an architect of the thing. It unleashes the potential of every human. And I think we can go from a world where few people have access to a high level of intelligence to a lot more people having access to this information. AI is really giving everyone on the planet more resources to do great things. And I'm very optimistic about that opportunity that lies ahead. Transform teamwork with the power of AI-human collaboration. Start using Atlassian intelligence for your Atlassian products like Jira and Confluence now. Learn more at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N dot com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You've heard it before. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But it's more than just a tagline. Because State Farm agents are small business owners themselves who live and work in your community. And if you're in the market for small business insurance, who better to work with than an agent who understands what it takes? State Farm agents can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Scott, we're back. We are back. Nick Clegg, Facebook's vice. You're still getting over my April Fool's joke. I can't think Nick about Clegg. anything else. I'm still kind of shaking. Oh, come on. I'm I would never do I'm that shaking. to you. I really wouldn't. Yeah. Scott, we're back. Nick Clegg, Facebook's vice president of global affairs, published a Medium post saying Facebook doesn't promote extreme content and unveiling some changes for users. Meanwhile, Trump tried a new trick to get back on the site. In his post, uh, Clegg writes, Facebook systems were not designed to reward provocative comment because advertisers don't want to appear next to extreme content. Does this seem plausible? He says the overwhelming number of things Things people see are about pet, uh, pets, babies, and vacations. He went on about that for a little bit, mm -hmm. also in an interview with Casey Newton. He also argues, which really makes no sense, that pushing extreme content would only be a short-term strategy, a sugar rush, as he puts it, but they want to keep people coming back for 10, 20 years. So why would they do it? Um, 
Facebook is introducing a feed filter bar to make some of the controls like display chronological order more prominent um, and other ways to do that. He says they're also trying to make the algorithm more transparent by allowing you to click on three dots and ask, why am I seeing this on any content, which should have been there in the friggin' first place. But anyway, so I'll get to Trump in a second. What do you, uh, Nick Clegg is a clever man, but goodness sake, what do you think? So I'm going to go out on a limb here. All right. And suggest that Nick Clegg is not being 100% forthcoming with us. But he's charming. Uh, yeah, well. Charming he's, British man. He's a handsome British guy. I think I met him at, at Can, in Cannes. But you didn't take a selfie with him like Marguerite Vestager. Oh, no way. His sworn enemy, by the way. Go ahead. Oh, really? Um, no, look, well, I, I don't, at this point, why do they do, I, I don't even understand this from a PR strategy. I think that they should release data that shows that. But yeah. any he individual. Well, any individual that has a Facebook card, the immediate assumption is you're a liar, you're trading your reputation for money, and that you are you are essentially the nemesis of the Commonwealth, and that you are uh, the fuel and the agent of teen depression, the weaponization of our democracy, and a general lack of regard for other human beings. Welcome to Facebook. That's the kind of the employee handbook. Yeah, it was an, it was it was an interesting thing. I think they're trying to pull on. There's two things that I will give them credit that not credit for that I agree with them is that polarization did not start with Facebook. This there's lots of studies and it's mixed. It's a mixed bag on these things. Where polarization polarization's been in existence forever. It's the it's the fueling of it. It's the constant fueling of it. And even his his whole thing was like when you go to your site and you see your friends fighting with each other or your family or this or that. Mm-hmm. That's not what's really happening. And I'm like, well, then show the stuff. Then show the stuff. It's it's or let let independent researchers in there. And then of course it's well, we have these arguments about uh, data, keeping data safe, and this and that. And so uh, it's it'll they keep promising to open it up more so you can see what's happening. But mm-hmm. said just take our word for it. I think is what he was trying to do here. And nobody's taking their word for it. I think that I think it, it, opening up the data to independent people and not fucking with it would be a really important thing. I do agree with them. Why? would you want uh, uh, extreme content on there? I do think it's like a pernicious kudzu, essentially. They can't stop it. I don't think they want it necessarily. I, I think that argument that they want it is not true. It's not good for them. Um, but it certainly is, and it's not good for advertisers, but this idea, then show me that he would started talking about it with Casey, a, a bear, a mother bear. <laughs> I was like, that is not what people experience of Facebook is um, if you just delve down very quickly. So, and some of this stuff to let people filter things more, essentially make your own Facebook is are interesting, but long overdue. Um, I don't know. I don't understand it. What, why do you think he did this now? What is the, what is the impetus? I, I, I had trouble processing anything after you said pernicious kudzu. <laughs> <laughs> That's pernicious cuts. You're still getting that is really good. In any you case, really, I don't you wouldn't, understand. You wouldn't this. actually invite Anderson. Right? I just want to. I just want to like confront no, you. Not. Okay, I will not so invite look, Anderson look, Cooper. Uh, uh, nothing. Nobody believes anything Facebook says anymore. They should, if they have data to back that up, they should release the data. But the general rule when you become a senior executive, whether you're Campbell Brown or Nick Clegg, is like you have had a great career building a lot of credibility. We're going to throw. We're Donald Trump. We're gonna we're gonna ruin your credibility for a long, long time. But we're gonna pay a lot of money, and so it's worth it. And people make that trade. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Um. The whole argument around this is the Jack Dorsey argument that that unfortunately the internet is bad, and we just represent yeah. the internet. And, and I just don't, that that that's eerily similar to guns don't kill people, people kill people. It does feel like that. And it's just it? you know actually you have made things worse, and you're so yeah. powerful that 
that you you deserve uh, scrutiny. And by the way, I just, you know, I mean, it all adds up to just a bad place. Who is the new biggest uh, spender on lobbying? It used to be big oil. It used to be big tobacco. Now it's big yeah. tech. And what do these companies yeah. have in common? Generally speaking, their externalities are really are really yeah, awful. It's going to be. It's an interesting thing that they continue to. They, they, I, I get why they do push back, but at the same time, you can't have a cogent argument with them because you just don't believe them. You like, it's like a it's like a bad look, boyfriend. The, you're like, no, the, the, you're lying. The solution here. Even if they're not. Look, there is yeah. good in Facebook. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. at Facebook that are really good people and I think are genuine about trying to do the right thing. Yeah. This company will never have any credibility. This company will never be able to pivot to being a decent citizen until until two things happen. Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg leave. Cancer and lipstick on cancer roll out of there. And and people say, well, that'll never happen. Then, okay, then Facebook will never be taken seriously for any attempt at goodwill. They, they, I mean, enough already. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's the it's only thing they could stitch. do. If shareholders really said, all right, this is an amazing They're business. They're making a ton of money. They're not going to do it. I, I agree. Anyway, meanwhile, I agree. This is in, meanwhile, Trump's daughter-in-law, Lara, uh, somewhat like Kara, but not, totally opposite, uh, you two remind me interview. of each other. wrote <laughs> <laughs> an interview with him yeah. on her Facebook and Instagram account. Facebook nixed it, saying it was in the voice of Trump and was not allowed, which was interesting. Um, probably virtue signaling here. And Lara got all mad, saying we're in the age of Orwell. Um, mm-hmm. She's just trying to, she's such a sneaker. She sneaks around things. Uh, give her credit for that, I guess, um, which was interesting. And then in the interview with Casey Newton, Clegg talked about what's going to happen with the Facebook decision. They're going to have to abide by it. They're bound by it. Um, if You'll see how sophisticated it is because Trump also broke all these rules. Uh, So it's going to, you know, he can't keep, he can't get a full, you know, a full pardon here at the same time. The the board can't give him a full pardon if he keeps breaking the rules. So it's a, he said they, they're going to, he said it's going to bind them, um, which is interesting. So what do you think of this, the the Trump situation? Maybe it's not going to be as important to Trump going forward. I I literally think one of the biggest tax cuts we've ever registered emotionally and I do understand that there's some danger to this, and even Bernie Sanders seemed concerned about yeah. a ban of Trump. Having less Trump in our lives, and yeah. I, I say this as, you know, I guess a progressive, but I, my life's been much nicer the last eight weeks, hasn't your yeah. life? Uh, so Yes, and his people can get his stuff. That's, by the way, they, if they want it, they can have Trump all day. There's all ways to avail yourself to Trump if you really yeah, miss if you him. Really, if you really, you can get, yeah. go, go get yourself so what, some Trump. This decision's coming at some point. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. But, you know, this idea of them sneaking around, like it, they, they're allowing like interviews if he did 60 Minutes, but Lara's a close, they have a group that they're like, these are the, his promoters, like his family members, and they can't try to do a, a walk around. He tried to do that after he was banned from Twitter and Twitter shut everything down. Like they were trying to get Dan Scavino and others tried to put his tweets up and this and that. And they haven't really tried on Twitter because then they'll get right. They I, I don't understand all the hammering over this. I, I have, I either. heard about this guy who went into one medical. I love one medical. And, and someone asked him to put on a mask and he flipped off uh, the, the mm-hmm. person and they banned him from all of one medical. And I'm like, okay, they're allowed to do that. Yep. And I Agreed. think that's a good move. And maybe it's wrong. I don't know. Maybe it was freedom of speech. I, 
But no, I don't understand. They're a private people. company. Why all this hand wringing? And when when they decide, you know, we're so important that we've evolved to the point where any time we ban or don't ban someone, it's a question of free speech and societal. It means they're too power it's and they not. need to be regulated. So I don't. Yeah. I just don't understand why a private company needs to all this hand wringing. So okay, is our service is shareholder value. Is our yep. health for the world better without these elements on our platform? And if the answer is yes, okay, that's all they need to yep. answer to. I don't, I don't and they get certainly it. can do it, which is sort of goes against Nick's idea that they can't. He didn't really cover that in this piece. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on and take a listener mail question. I agree with you. I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we're going to be talking about this issue, because I know it's near and dear to your heart, cancel culture, but I'm going to call it what Roxanne Gay calls it, consequence culture. <laughs> we'll discuss what that means on Monday. <laughs> That was my ha-ha. Yeah. It's consequence culture. It's not cancel culture, for fuck's sake. Anyway, moving on. Let's take a listener mail question. Okay. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Karen Scott. First off, Kara, congratulations on the adoption being official. Blessings to you and your beautiful family. I'm sure you all have seen the latest research from Gallup saying those who claim membership in a church or faith community has dropped below 50% in the USA. As a United Methodist clergy person in Dallas, I have many questions about this, but my question for y'all is, do you see this as a rise in secularization or a general evolution from membership to subscription where people are consuming spirituality much like they do media? If so, what does a faith run to look like, Scott? How can technology benefit faith communities? And how can I get in touch with folks at WeWork or Airbnb to discuss co-working sacred space? I know a lot of spaces that are far too empty. Love your show. Thank you for writing in this question. I am not a religious person. Mm-hmm. I grew up Catholic, but have not uh, been inside a Catholic church since I was confirmed, I think. So this is an interesting question. What do you think, Scott? I think there's been some really fascinating stuff done online with religion over the pandemic, for example. Uh, so I'm a rabid atheist. Atheism is mm-hmm. a core part of my being. It gives me a finite Harry. nature of life and motivates me. Um, Harry? Uh, it's been a real positive in my life. Uh, I'm an agnostic. Um, agnostics are just... Agnostics are atheists that are wimps. Come out of the closet and say you're a fucking atheist. I used to, I used to say that too. I I believe there's something, but I don't know which one. That's such bullshit. (laughs) Anyways, it's hard to get away from the. Grow a pair and come to atheism. Anyways, no, I I can't do it. Look, I think one of the most dangerous and disappointing things in our uh, in our country is the decline Mm -hmm. in church attendance. I uh, I grew up, my dad's been married and divorced four times. So I went to mm-hmm. a variety of religious institutions growing up, Presbyterian Church, Temple. And yeah. I think it's wonderful when people and Americans yeah. get together once every Sunday to hold hands and think about agency and something bigger than themselves, show empathy, greet their neighbor, sing together. Physically, this isn't a physical element, not just online. But I think churches. I think church is yeah. wonderful. And yeah. I, it, I think too. one of the reasons we have more mass shootings, we have more depression, we have loneliness, mm-hmm. is we have lost the connective tissue between Americans. And one of the connective tissues uh, uh, traditionally in American society has been has been religion. And I don't even think of it as worship of a God. I think of it as worship of a community. And and the kind of central star, if you will, or the role model started with this great viewpoint of love the poor. And it's just not a bad idea to get together every Sunday and talk mm-hmm. about how we should love the poor. I think a lot of these young men who ended up being mass shooters, I wonder what would have happened if they'd been, actually that, that the one guy, the Agent Spa thing, 
Come yeah. to think of it, he had a real conflict yeah. with religion. It's a complicated yeah. issue, but I would argue that it church, and as a society becomes more educated and wealthier, church attendance goes down. But we still have these huge questions, and unfortunately, we've replaced spirituality with this fetishization of the nearest thing to mysticism and godlike uh, godlike impression, and that is technology. Yeah. And, and instead of instead of church attendance, instead of worshiping Jesus. Uh, and I'm I'm a big fan of JC. I think he's a wonderful man. I do believe he existed. I just don't buy his lineage. The problem is we've replaced him with a man, effectively or theoretically, with a man who denied his own blood under oath to avoid child support payments when he was worth a quarter of a billion dollars. That our oh, new Jesus Christ, our Jack Dorsey and Steve Jobs, and it's really unhealthy. So I think uh, I'm a huge fan. I give money to churches. It's actually Elon. I, it's funny that you picked those two. Elon. Elon's the new Jesus. The Jesus. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's terrible for our society. And I say that as someone who's 100% convinced that when I am about to die, I'm going to look into my kids' eyes and our relationship is coming to an end. I do not believe in an afterlife. But I think church, the decline in church attendance— uh, signals something really unfortunate in our society. It does. And it plays into one of the things I've been watching a, an excellent series. I mentioned it before on HBO, um, uh, Into the Storm, the Q non documentary, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And one of the things, it, there's such a sad underbelly to our world. And again, it sort of plays into Nick Clegg. It's, it was always there. But boy, does the internet take it to new levels. You know, these A-chan and stuff like It's disgusting and, and really depressing. And actually, the founder of A-chan is the one that went that way. It's just, it was, there was a point, there's a limit to free speech at some point. Yeah. Anyway. We'll see. We're not very religious, sir. I don't know. That is a good idea. We we think that that there should be more uh, ability for people to get together in a community of faith, whatever they. It's happen a to huge be. issue that we keep talking about issue. dispersion, and that is we're all yeah. we're all you know less time yeah. at work, and the the cousin, yeah. the evil cousin to dispersion is segregation, and it's not only segregation yeah. physically. It's segregation emotionally, and we we don't interact with people when we don't see people of different demographic groups at the mall or and, the movie theater. And like schools, yeah. and like schools for K through twelve, maybe not college as much, but K through twelve, you really oh do my need gosh. to be in place. Although I think some of where the did you go to high school, Kara? Were, uh, if I say it, you're going to say I'm like rich white person. Oh my god, Princeton even wider! <laughs> did you go to Exeter or Fieldston or something? <laughs> no, I almost did that. Well, Princeton Day School. Princeton Day School. Uh, and I'm going to be giving the commencement address there uh, this year. Good for you. That's yes, nice. That's really nice. Yeah, Princeton. It's, it was a, it's a lovely private school in Princeton, New Jersey, which is already a lovely, a lovely town. Lovely private and anyway. school in Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. Yes. From the mean streets <laughs> of Princeton, New Jersey. Garrison. <laughs> my streets were not. Me. I, oh, you know what? God. I am a hardworking rich person, is what I am. <laughs> All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. 
helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from the Harvard Business Review. You know, there's this idea in business that some people are born to be leaders. You either have it or you don't. But leadership, like any skill, can and should be learned over time. Whether you've climbed the top of the corporate ladder or are just starting out, you'll find valuable insights at Harvard Business Review. Harvard Business Review is a leading destination for smart management thinking. And on their website, hbr.org, subscriptions are just $10 a month, which gives you unlimited access to the same level of expertise. Things like case studies, newsletters, podcasts, articles written by some of the world's top minds. I use HBR in my research when I do articles or when I'm thinking about what to talk about on Pivot. I find them really interesting. I find them complete. I find them different. And you can find all kinds of industries covered. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott, prediction time. You, 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 you sort of said you had a prediction and you sort of gave us a little preview, but give it to us. Well, um, uh, I'm fascinated by the kind of the real estate tech space. And I've, oh, I've, yeah, I've wanted are. to look more into Open Door and Redfin and some of those guys. But I think that my prediction is WeWork, shockingly enough, is going to overperform over the next 12 months. And I think, yeah, what you've and I think about? Compass is going to underperform. I think Compass really is trying to pretend some, to be something it isn't. And I, I look to the S1 and I'm trying to understand what about these massive investments they've made because of the cheap capital are sustainable because the majority of these investments have been in commissions to brokers. And uh, I don't see how that creates sustainable advantage. Um, because they can leave, because they can go somewhere. 78% of the revenues go to commissions to individuals who will literally walk across the street the same day if you say, I'm yeah. giving you 10% more in commission because- Like the agency business. Yeah, and, and the question is, are they making investments in technology that create so much differentiation and ability to get more deal flow that the brokers say, well, I'm going to stay here. There's some sort of, I mean, for example, Imagine. Goldman Sachs could technically pay their traders a little bit less commission because they're just going to get more deal flow. And when you show up at the Goldman Sachs, the one thing I will say about my friends who have left Goldman or Morgan Stanley or McKinsey is they don't realize how powerful a calling card that was. And when then when they start calling yeah. people and say, hey, I want to work with you. I'm retired. I'm just sort of like their calls aren't returned quite as quickly. Yeah. And I don't know if that's true. It, uh, I don't know if the, how much enterprise value Compass yeah. is is building. So anyways. I, I have an excellent Real estate agent, I don't, I've never talked technology with her once. So you have an agent at Compass. Yes. And if they, she goes, well, I bought if my she goes to Prudential or Corcoran, go you'll her. go with her. Yeah. So I'll go with her. So that means a lack of enterprise value. They have been able to retain her, but at some point, will she just yeah. go to another firm? Yeah. And there's been no technology that I, that, that I think that I couldn't find myself on Zillow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that's, I couldn't it compare That's what and contrast. it feels like. like and so these yeah. firms trade at that good firm. real estate agency. So Sotheby's fine, and they have the best listings. They do have good Sotheby's listings. Sotheby's is a great but brand. It doesn't matter. It's a great brand. It's part of Realogy, and they trade at point two five times revenue. So point two five <laughs> times three and a half billion would be a nine hundred million dollar market capitalization. And this thing yeah. was supposed to go out of ten billion. They've cut it to seven. This just yeah. feels like a slow burn downwards. And I th but WeWork is sort of actualized back to what it's supposed that's to be. Right. Correct. I think, I think their vision. 
I'm a, look, I, if you have the right guy or gal running the company, things usually work out. And I know Sandeep Matrani, the guy who runs WeWork now, and he's a talented operator. So yeah. anyways, uh, a year from now or six months from now, compass down, we work up. All right. Okay. That's a good prediction. That's an excellent well, prediction thank you. and a good one too. You're Close being generous. On. Praise uh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Let's go to church. <laughs> but in any case, neither of us are very religious, but we have respect. Yeah, for I told you I was, I was. As long as they get the fuck out of gay people's way and stop trying to ruin their lives. That's I told you I was an altar boy <laughs> in a Catholic church for a while, right? Really? Yes, I was touched. <laughs> okay, Come I'm on, that's go good. That. That's good pedophilia I'm not, humor. I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. Humor. I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going now touched. to interview uh, Anderson Cooper. So I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> don't, that's, seriously, don't, don't, you. don't go still, there. You're still, don't go there. You're still, you're still triggered by don't it. Go there. I'm not going to talk to you. No, I'm there's not, a part am, of you that likes to hurt me. There's a part well, of you. Well, it is April Fool's Day and it worked. So let's just live with it. I, I, now I know your weak points and it has to do with Anda. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Scott, I want you to do, I'm going to do something nice for you since I teased you about Ando, et cetera. Um, I can't wait. I literally, I can't wait for this. <laughs> I, I want you to plug your show, the Prof G Show. It's part of the Vox Media Podcast Network now. Uh, Tell us about it. Uh, Tell us, give us some specifics. It's kind of more of this minus minus the journalistic credibility. Um, <laughs> okay. No, we, the Prof G Show. We, I've done it for a while. Uh, we've just joined Vox. We do a breakdown of, of, of what I think is the most underreported story in business and we do office hours which is my favorite part based on my favorite show that i used to watch with my mom frazier we do kind of a call-in show and then we right. do an algebra of happiness moment where instead of trying to jab and take advantage of people's emotions i try to discuss <laughs> them i'm trying to anyways uh but uh it, anyways give me an example what, what what moment did you have let's have one right uh, here uh, what moment did i have yeah, like what is the moment of happiness? The well, I think I think uh, so. I'm doing. I'm recording. You talked about speaking at your, the, the being the commencement speaker at your graduation. Mm -hmm. I've been asked to do a lot of uh, record a lot of videos for graduations because they're all virtual now. And yeah, mine and everybody mine gives you everybody gives you advice uh, in these graduation mm -hmm. videos. And the advice that we were given when I graduated from business school in the '90s was go to work for Dell or Microsoft or go to Russia, which was supposed to be the land of opportunity in the '90s. Yeah. And I said, mm -hmm. just avoid most of the advice. And the only piece of advice I can give these kids that I know is absolutely true is that mm -hmm. they will never regret at that age telling the people who've helped them get to that point that they love them and they appreciate them. That's the only oh, thing when I look back nice. that I wish I'd done more of. And I and the the little the the little that I did, I'm just hugely grateful for. Oh, you're tearing up. Oh, how lovely. That's because I didn't work lovely. out today because you started this fucking thing early. <laughs> now I'm all teared up. All right. Thank you for I doing that. I need to that. go do the CrossFit. The Prof G Show is part of the Vox Media Podcast. It's Mondays and Thursdays. You should listen to it. It's an excellent show. And it's here on the Vox Media Podcast Network. Um, so more of Scott. If you don't get enough That's of right. me, That's right. That's what is a we lot. all need. More Scott. Must, more must Scott. Must a dog. Master Doug. We'll be back on Tuesday. Again, we'll be talking about consequence culture. Um, go to nymag.com to submit your Jesus questions Christ. for the podcast. Don't make fun of me. We're going to have a long debate. I'm bringing someone in who's going to back me on this. In any case, oh my God. it's called consequences. Yeah. All right. Uh, submit your question for the podcast. The link is also in our show notes. Uh, Scott, read us out. 
Today's show was produced by Camila Salazar. Ernie Entretot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Box Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. We all need a place where we can get around friends and strangers, grab hands, and, and, and express our gratitude for being a part of something bigger and recognize our blessings. Church, church. Applebee's. Support for the show comes from Atlassian. Whether you're exploring space, making pizza, or producing a podcast like this one here, chances are your team is marching into the AI-generated horizon. Atlassian Intelligence is unleashing a new era of teamwork. You can use Atlassian's AI-powered products for everything from brainstorming ideas to finding information to summarizing huge documents, all by using normal, everyday language. Atlassian AI-powered software like Jira and Confluence help teams accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how you can transform teamwork with the power of AI at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian.